Welcome to The Leader Lab, the podcast powered by Life Labs Learning. I'm your host, Life Labs Leadership Trainer and Director of Product Strategy and Operations, Vanessa Tunisian. Join me and my lab mates as we distill our findings into powerful leadership tipping point skills, the smallest changes that make the biggest impact in the shortest time. We'll also welcome members from our learning community who share how they experiment with these skills in their world of work and beyond. Leader Lab listeners, we're continuing the conversation on growing kind. What can your business do in order to thrive instead of just surviving while you're scaling? And today, to talk through another systems level treat, I have Ashley Schwade. Ashley is our director of idea at Life Labs Learning. You may remember her from season two, talking all about the gap analysis. She's back to bring another brain tingling tool to our toolkit. Welcome back, Ash. Thanks for having me. Happy to tingle your brain anytime. You know, I love it when you tingle my brain and I think our listeners love it too. So we are talking about growing kind and I'm curious, Ashley, what does growing kind mean to you from an idea perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So first, I'll start by just defining what IDEA is. Some companies call it DEI. Some companies call it DEIB. For the purposes of this podcast, we're going to say DEI work just to be consistent. At Life Labs, we say IDEA which is inclusion, diversity, equity, and anti-bias. That last piece is maybe one of the most important to me. When I think about growing kind, it's not just growing for the sake of business needs, which I get that sometimes we have to do, but it's doing that while keeping the integrity of growth. So how can we grow quickly while making our systems and our practices anti-biased? While thinking about, is this actually going to help us create a more diverse and inclusive team? Yeah. And I, what I really like about what you're saying is that, of course, we're in the business of making products and generating revenue, but how can we do this in a way that keeps a human-centered lens around diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, and anti-bias. So growing kind is not only that your systems don't break, but it also sounds like your systems are inclusive as well. Yeah, absolutely. Growing is just growing if we're not thinking about the people who are impacted by the growth. Absolutely. So I'm curious, what are we going to be experimenting with today? Okay. When I think about what companies actually need to grow kind, I think that what really matters is that the ability to consider the impacts of equity and bias are scaled across the team. Because if it's only within one or two people, as a team grows, those one or two people are going to become spread even more thin and have less and less impact on the different systems and practices that are being put into place. Mm. And so what I want to talk about is one of my favorite behavioral units connected to inclusion inclusion and inclusive leadership. And it's called the FAIR framework. Ready for me to dive in? I'm, I'm so ready to dive in. <laughs> FAIR stands for forthright, accessible, involved, and rigorous. All right, so FAIR. Now, let me just share. Maybe it's best to explain through an example, actually. So mm-hmm. let's imagine that you are rolling out a new performance review system. Is it forthright? Are the reasoning and expectations explicit and clear to everyone? Gotcha. So even to kind of pull this back up, FAIR is a DEI checklist of sorts for your system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So FAIR means do the folks know, <laughs> like ultimately, how this is going to work and the keys aren't held in one particular hand. 
yeah, yeah. That's just the forthright piece, right? So we're just at the first letter affair. So to make it forthright, we have to make sure that everyone has the information that they need. But then we also have to go on to the A, which is accessible, right? Mm -hmm. So not only does it exist, but is each person set up for success? If we're creating a system and rolling it out, are there going to be unintended consequences on certain groups of people who aren't actually able to use it well? Gotcha. So then for the I affair, it's involved. So did we actually get input and feedback from those who will be impacted? Exactly. And it reminds me of something called the endowment effect, right? So when people actually put their own effort, feel a sense of ownership, you'll get more of that commitment versus compliance. So when things are top down and people don't have a voice in things, it is much harder to create an adoption across the board. Absolutely. This is where this becomes a scaling tool is that if we have a check to make sure that it is involved, that we are asking a diverse group of people for their feedback and thoughts, then not only are those folks going to feel more connected to the final product, but we're also going to have a more fair final product. So we've gotten through the F, the A, the I. Hit me with the R or don't hit me with the R. Hit <laughs> me with the R. <laughs> I'll gently Do toss the nice R to you. you. <laughs> yes, kindly toss it to me. The R is maybe one of my favorites. It stands for rigorous. And what I mean by that is have we put in consistent measures that will mitigate bias? Have we thought about what the unintended consequences might be, what the accidental biases might be that are contributing to the mm-hmm. system? And are we rigorous in making sure that those don't impact the final product? So if we think about a performance review system, right? Mm-hmm. It's not rigorous if we haven't thought about how to mitigate the bias that sometimes shows up from managers in performance reviews. Like Vanessa, if I could just remove the bias of every individual, that would be amazing, right? I also wouldn't probably <laughs> be employed be at cool? Life Labs because I would be off nice retired living on a beach. But that's not the reality. I can't just go ahead and remove everyone's biases. And so what the R part specifically does is make sure that we are taking into consideration that people are going to have bias. We can do bias mm-hmm. training. We can do our best to help people recognize where their biases are. But also we have to create systems that help us with that. Yeah, absolutely. And so FAIR seems like a fantastic assessment, but I'm curious, what evidence do we have to ground it in? Yes, absolutely. I actually want to share a couple of pieces of research. The first was done by Ashakali, Gronveld, and Kuipers, and they found that diversity doesn't on its own create more inclusive environments. There has to be inclusive leadership to actually do that, which is where FAIR comes in. Any leader can use FAIR and be acting as an inclusive leader. So this is actually one of the things I love teaching at Life Labs. We have an inclusive system skills workshop to learn how to be more inclusive, to do exactly what we've been talking about, which is auditing and creating systems that are fair. CultureAmp published their uh, workplace DEI report for 2022. And what they found was that only 39.7% of orgs have a dedicated DEI role. Mm. And so what that means is that it is everyone's responsibility. Mm, Snaps on that. I love it. All right. So I'm really excited about this framework and in usual leader lab fashion, I'd love to take it for a spin. So actually, how do I use this FAIR assessment? So Vanessa, let's imagine I'm a hiring manager and I'm designing an interview process. What I'm going to ask you to do is listen to my interview process. And then I want you to think about how you can make it more fair based on what I described. And I trust you're already an expert on this because inclusive interviewing is one of the things that we probably teach most at Life Labs. Because unfortunately, I'm about to describe a system that is probably not going to sound all that uncommon to a lot of our listeners. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the one who does 
the first interview. I don't totally know how long the interview will take. I'm just going to put an hour on every candidate's calendar. Uh, and then we're just going to chat. I really just want to know if I would like working with this person, uh, because that's really what's most important, right? Is that we get along and we're a good culture fit with each other. And so then after the interview, I'll just decide if they get to move on to the next piece or not, which is where they actually get to show a work sample. But realistically, when it comes time to me making the final decision, what I'm really going to rely on is the vibes that I got from the person. All right. Well, you know, even though this is a hypothetical situation, I feel like you have been peeking into the <laughs> processes across America. Um, and it's my job to make them more fair. So let's get into it. So the first letter is F, which means forthright, meaning like, do people know what they're getting into? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like candidates do. Uh, accessibility. So I think it could be more accessible if folks knew what to expect walking into the interview, that you were structuring the interviews uh, consistently. So that way, each candidate is assessed in a, you know, fair way. Thinking about the I for involved. I love you as a human being and as a lab mate and as our director of idea at Life Labs, but you probably would like a committee of other folks to be involved and then rigorous. Oh my gosh, this system is not rigorous at all. (laughs) So this is, it just seems like the Ashley show and you said it doesn't really matter about the second step. So why (laughs) even have it if the hiring manager's opinion is the only one that that matters? So it looks like in order for it to be more rigorous, uh, it would be the opposite of that. Yes. Yeah, I, I like the idea of this this upgrade. So you can take any system that you're using through the FAIR process. Mm-hmm. And when you're designing, you can just keep these letters front of mind to make sure that you're being as FAIR as possible. Exactly. That's actually why I think this connects so well to Growing Kind, because it can be when we're creating new systems and practices that are supporting our growing team, or it can be when we're auditing the existing practices that we're expecting to continue to support our growing team. Sounds fair to me. (laughs) So that brings us to our Leader Lab listener experiment. So Ashley, what should our listeners be experimenting with in their laboratories of life? This is a super simple one because everyone's round systems. And so what I want you to do is pick a system. And by system, I mean a policy, a practice that exists in your world. And I want you to do a fair assessment on it. Write down each letter of fair and next to each letter, write down things within that system that are or aren't contributing positively. Fantastic, Ashley. I know that people are scribbling down notes and doing their fair audit as we speak. Thank you so much for joining us and talking about another tool we can use to grow kind. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap of another episode of the Leader Lab podcast powered by Life Labs Learning. If you're loving the Leader Lab, subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Leader Lab is executive produced and hosted by me, Vanessa Tunisian. Alana Berman is our creative director and senior editor. Juliana Jack is our assistant editor. Lauren Feller is our associate producer. And Yadra James is our senior producer. You can find all our episodes, transcripts, and more at lifelabslearning.com slash podcast. While you're there, you can learn more about our learning programs to help you build an engaged, high-impact team faster. See you in the lab.